Welcome to episode number 144, Subtle Influences. I'm your host, Damon Soka. Have you ever noticed how a song gets caught in your head, and it's rarely the song that you want there? This morning I caught myself singing along to the Mickey Mouse theme song. I'd been visiting with my son and daughter-in-law. Of course, the Mickey Mouse theme had far to do more to do with my granddaughter. It reminded me of just how influential, even innocuous songs can be, and how our mind is really set up to learn, to remember, and to create. Certainly our mind slows down as we get older, and we are far more discerning about what we believe, but our minds are set up to learn, to explore, to discover, and to increase. I'm a firm believer in the idea that everything we see, feel, touch, hear, taste, and explore teaches us. Everything we listen to, watch, and allow to entertain us in our lives teaches us. Now, it's rare that these daily influences cause us to alter our lives in drastic ways. We're more like the ocean tide ebbing and flowing due to subtle influences. What we watch, read, listen to, our daily patterns, our friends, our acquaintances, and people and places we surround ourselves with all teach and train us. These influences make up our lives. They stir our emotions. They induce happiness, discontent, love, dislike, anxiety, depression, and of course the list goes on. We are and we become the people our influences are training us to be. One of the reasons change is so difficult is because we allow for subtle but intense influences to become part of our lives. Now, sometimes these influences are extremely good for us, such as exercise, a healthy diet, living the gospel, and others tend not to be as emotionally healthy. For instance, many individuals who suffer from mental illness tend to choose music that matches their mood. While it can be comforting to hear certain types of music, the messages, both through lyrics and the music itself, can actually be more damaging than helpful even when it feels comforting at times. The same is true for entertainment we let into our lives. Because of the angst and mental distress, it can be very alluring to watch movies where characters are feeling similar types of angst and distress. Misery truly loves company, and it is not always because misery wants another person to be miserable. When you feel miserable, it can be comforting to find a group of miserable people to be around. When you're depressed or anxious, isolating oneself can feel like the best solution. When coping with mental illness, our minds don't always settle on the most appropriate methods of management. We tend to latch on to the easiest method that doesn't require significant effort. We tend to be like electricity, searching for grounding by the easiest and quickest method possible. However, like electricity, sometimes the easiest method causes damage and greater long-term difficulties. When you are suffering and looking for relief, long-term generally doesn't come into the mind, much less into our vocabulary. We allow subtle and sometimes not-so-subtle influences to direct our lives. They really don't provide any value and, even worse, may cause damage. So what are the influences that direct your life. One of the more important things we need to do every so often when our symptoms have abated a little and we can think clearly 
is to review our lives for what is influencing it. We should review our daily habits, patterns, and even the simplest things we do. I know a wonderful woman who dealt with some serious anxiety and some moderate depression. To counteract these feelings of depression and lack of energy, she would use political programs that would energize her life. If you can call what they do energizing. More often than not, these programs provided a contentious feeling that she would use to elevate her blood pressure and motivation. Now, while the program served its purpose and countered the depressive feelings, there are serious side effects to coping with contentious media. I have known others who have turned to media and other sources to elevate their feelings in ways that simply were not productive to the illness or illness or spirituality. Now, coping methods are critically important to our illness, but one must be very careful about those methods, especially that cause serious or spiritual or even physical concerns. It can be difficult to let go of influences that have been helpful in coping with our illness, even when they are not helpful to long-term emotional stability. So how do you even go about making changes? If they are so difficult and embedded in our lives so deeply, is it even possible? Now, I can tell you it feels impossible, and my experience has taught me that there are a few rules of the road if you want to make lasting change that, while working through a mental illness issue. My first rule of the road, then, is simple. Work with and through the Spirit and the Lord. Through the Savior, you have access to knowledge of what changes would be most beneficial, and you have access to the grace of the atonement, which provides for more than simple support. Grace is the change mechanism that allows the work we do to be sticky and to become true and lasting. Now, I understand that communication and access to the Spirit might be a little limited with mental illness, but what I have found is that the Savior is willing to talk to us in many ways. And by many means, he can confirm those things we need to do over and over again. Not only can the Spirit confirm the needed changes, but it can and will provide for the desire to change, the energy to complete the change, and the finality of that change. Now, this doesn't mean that it won't take time. And this is rule number two. Keep working if you f even though you feel as though you might have failed you are likely to have setbacks. We should expect setbacks, but not plan for setbacks. There exists a big difference between expecting a setback and planning for them. And when I expect setbacks, I steel myself to resolve that no matter what happens, I'm going to keep working. When I plan for setbacks, I am making excuses for my behavior and I am providing an out for when things get difficult. So we should not plan for our failures, but we should plan to be resilient when they happen. Rule number three is that change takes time. And it's going to take the time it needs to take. We so often want the changes in our lives to be quick and in some ways instantaneous. We don't want to go through the work, the toil, the frustration, the failure, and try again another way. We don't want to have to go back into Jerusalem three times to get the plates. We want to do it one time, and we want the plates to be sitting at the gates waiting for us. The truth is, is that the plates 
will always be in Laban's vault, and we are all and we are going to need to do the work to get there. Both of the methods Nephi attempted failed. This doesn't mean that they weren't inspired or that the Lord didn't approve of what Nephi was trying to accomplish. This is one of the many ways that we learn and grow. Just because something didn't work doesn't mean that it wasn't inspired by the Lord. Sometimes we need to work through what we would call iterations before we get to the path that works. And those iterations are actually very important to us and to the Lord in getting us to the proper path. So change in accomplishing what the Lord desires for our lives will take iterations, and it will take time. Expect the iterations and the time. My fourth rule of the road is to never walk without someone beside you. You're going to need help, motivation, and support. You will need the support of the Lord and likely a few people here in mortality. You'll need to find a good person to help you along in your journey. As much as we don't like to admit it, we need each other. And we also need the layman and lemuels in our lives. We need people who challenge us to help us see things outside of our own consciousness. And once in a while, we need someone who will keep us on track, lift us up when the journey becomes just a little too burdensome. My fifth rule of change is going to be very different and very unique. My fifth rule is to enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the work. Enjoy your life. And stay in the present. I know. Far easier than said than actually done. There exists one skill that is far more important than most when it comes to mental illness. That is the skill to be able to stay in the moment. I'm not asking you to enjoy every moment of your depression or your anxiety or any other major symptom. And I am not saying that you will enjoy every minute as though you had not a care in the world. But enjoy what you can. Happiness is not a binary emotion, only on or off. We can enjoy happiness by degrees. We do have even if that happiness is limited. Staying in the present helps us to live. It takes work to learn to be in the moment because mental illness pushes us into the past or into our future. When we suffer, we don't tend to live in our present. We're either ruminating about past concerns or somewhat hoping for a brighter future. While hoping for a brighter future can certainly create positive feelings, spending our days just getting through the moment while consistently looking to the future will actually create feelings of desperation, and it tends to make our suffering worse as we create fantasies that we will probably never come close to reaching. This doesn't mean we shouldn't hope. This doesn't mean we shouldn't plan for a brighter future. This simply means we should plan for a future but stay in the moment. My final rule of change is to understand the purpose. Understanding the why is actually very important. We may not always fully understand all the ramifications of something like obtaining the brass plates. We may not fully understand why the Lord desires we accomplish a particular work, have a particular illness, or make a necessary change. In fact, it might be rare that we fully understand, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't try and that we can't partially understand. The more we understand about the why, the greater our motivation will be to accomplish it. And the why 
is not likely to come all at once, but pieces at a time. If we approach change with the Lord, we can accomplish our work here on the earth. One of the most comforting doctrines about the gospel is that while we are working towards perfection, the Lord does not necessarily expect us to be perfect when we die. We may not even be perfect by the time we leave this earth. What matters is that we are working and that we have come to the conclusion that no matter what happens and no matter how many times we fail, we will always get back up. That is it for this week. May the Lord bless you this week to live in the moment, to be able to make those changes necessary in your life. Until next week, do your part so that the Lord can do his.